Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Welcome to Webcology here on WMR.FM. It's officially the end of August 2023. August 31st, 2023. Um, summer is like so completely, totally over, except for the promise of summer we have for the next few months. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Christine Chackinger from uh, Sites Without Walls. Uh, big shout out to Audience Key, our uh, sponsor of Webcology. And a uh, big shout out to the audience who has a long weekend coming up awfully soon. Um, this is it, folks. Uh, end of the line of summer 2023. Get out there and enjoy yourself. Christine, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I didn't even realize it was a long weekend this weekend because I'm a consultant. <laughs> My client's like, we have a long weekend this weekend. I'm like, oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, no, you have a long weekend this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I use long weekends as a chance to catch up so that they're all happy when they get back. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm good. It's uh, not uh, end of summer here, even though by the date it is. It is uh, 95 degrees this morning uh, an hour ago when I checked. So I think it's going to be a hot one today. Uh, We have about two more months before you have to worry about cold weather. Our pools are open until November 1st. Up, up here in the the northeast of the Great Lakes region, um, it's warm actually. It's 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 now officially room temperature, a nice uh, sixty-eight uh, <laughs> Fahrenheit or twenty degrees Celsius. So that's good. I mean, like like keeping it room temperature outside, um, but and it's going to be warm for a little while, certainly. Just no guarantee of it. And then one day, it's just not going to be warm anymore. Um, and that's the day that. Um, that eternity stares you in the face <laughs> up from the void. Okay, uh, we have really good news to, to start the week with. This is—I I love this story. My, 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 in fact, it's one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, Matt Cutts announced today that uh, he and uh, wife Lindsay had um, had fraternal twins about two months ago. Yes, so exciting for those who don't know who Matt Cutts is. He used to be the former. What was his official title at Google? Uh, he was he was the head of the um, spam division, uh, spam, spam division, chief uh, yeah. spam fighter, bottle washer, and um, really the guy who, um, for SEO for SEOs, explained what Google was looking for, looking mostly looking to go after, but looking yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, and there's always like a big warning shot, like this site got hit. You guys want to keep doing that? <laughs> but he also moved on to the U.S. State, United States Digital Service um, after that. And then uh, he left there a few years ago, I think. And I don't know really. I don't know what officially he's doing now, to be honest. Well, but it's exciting to hear because he was such an integral part of our community for so many years. Matt um, went on to, I think, um, actually lead the U.S. Digital Service. He was. Um, he did, yeah, yeah. He was had quite the prestigious job there. But he did. was also, I think, um, among the first hundred uh, employees through the door at Google. Like this is way, Matt is way back in the day. 
So yeah. I think at this point in his career, Matt does whatever the hell he wants to do. Uh-huh, probably. My, my understanding was, and I don't know, I, didn't, I can't verify this right now, but my understanding I was told was that Matt was the one who developed the algorithms to get rid of pharma, porn, and casino from the search results. And that gave them a leg up over Yahoo was still having issues with that because of all the spam. So. Um, well, again, for, uh, for um, people who came into the industry after Matt retired from Google. Um, Matt was the most genial spokesperson um, Google, I think, has ever had. And that's 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 not to say that um, that John or Martin um, or Danny Sullivan um, aren't 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 wonderful and genial people. Um, they are. Um, that's 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 that's. Um, also, not to say that uh, Gary Ease isn't a wonderful, genial person compared to Matt. Um, I think that, you know. I think even even Gary would agree. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Matt Matt Cutts was a, was a, was a special dude. Um, yeah. So you know, he should have given classes on handle how to handle a room of people. If yeah. he be at a conference with his black book for people who don't know about the black book, he would carry a black book and you could report somebody a site that was you know violating Google's terms of service. But he'd have a crowd around him. And he could handle that crowd so adeptly and walk away and not have anyone follow him. It was amazing. <laughs> he's just, he's so good at that. So, yeah. So I'm glad to hear that he's got this new happiness in his life. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations, Matt. That's, that's a wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful announcement. Um, okay. So I guess we got to talk about uh, Twixter. Um, your favorite, X. your favorite topic. Uh, I hate I mean, I just, I just such promise uh, devolving into um, such just awfulness. But okay, so Elon Musk has a vision, and that vision is to take um, X, the social network formerly known as Twitter, um, and turn it into an everything application. It's going to be your bank, it's going to be your um, entertainment service it's going to be your point of contact for everyone important in your life um etc it's going to be the thing you do everything on um i think it's going to be the internet um in in (laughs) musk's eyes and um he's soon about to roll out um audio and video calling feature on, on on x um I don't know if the story says when it's going to come out. It doesn't. It's not a. There's no definite date, and it doesn't say what the like the controls on it will be. So just that we, he says in a tweet yesterday, I think it was that it's coming out soon. Okay. So, um, it's my favorite. Also, call- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, he's also jumping into um, LinkedIn territory, or is it? Um, Indeed, territory. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. Uh, with his new social network, new network feature called Hirings. Yeah. Um, before we get into all that, just so people know, on the audio and the video calling, it would come through your DMs, which, unless you can opt out of that, would make me shut down my Twitter account immediately. Because <laughs> you don't, you don't curate your follows. You know that people that can message you on Twitter, like you do LinkedIn or Facebook, right? So you imagine like I follow like 12,000 people, all 12,000 can now just call me. Some guy said, uh, had a tweet today, said as soon as that comes out, my phone, and I got a call from Twitter, my phone would go into the ocean. 
It's like, no. never touch it again. Can Young, you imagine that? <laughs> well, actually, younger users might be surprised to learn of a uh, handy device that their grandparents were aware of called the telephone book. Exactly. exactly. In this book, everybody's uh, name, home address, and uh, telephone number were listed. And when you go to another city, you could uh, look up your own name to see how many people had your name and where they lived and what their phone numbers were. What you do with that information is your own damn business. Um, but, but, but those but devices are in that. your house on a wall, not with you everywhere you go and well, sleeping in the middle of the night. Imagine but, getting Twitter DM calls at three in the morning from somebody who's just like, I thought it'd be cool to say hi. Like, seriously, there has to be an opt out, but it does not say that there's an opt out yet. I understand so. that um, while, while Musk has um, block, is talking about blocking blocking on uh, yeah. Twitter, you can still block on dms uh that i think will still be uh available so if you need to hang up on somebody and make sure they don't call back again i think you'll be able to do that but that's kind of no um concerning (laughs) but especially as a female as a female it's very concerning that someone could on facebook you could do it but you have to allow them to do it and you can hide your number Oops. In this case, it's like, I can just pick up my Twitter and call you. I'm, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of restriction on Speaking opting of analysis, out or how does an application of everything get to do everything for you? Like, think of your cell phone. On your mobile device, you have allowed it to do any number of things. It can communicate with your bank. It can communicate with your um online cloud email storage system, be it Gmail, Yahoo Mail, or whatever whatever that is. Um, uh, check into your corporate mail system. Your uh, It can uh, interact with um, websites, do uh, ordering for you, do e-commerce for you. There's a hundred million things you give your phone permission to do, often requiring you to give um, microphone, um, video, or uh, camera permissions. Yes. So if... T- Twitter, Twixter, or X um, wants to be the Swiss uh, the Swiss Army knife of everything. It's going to have to be given a heck of a lot of allowances. And if you check out their new privacy policy, oh yes, <laughs> um, you might see oh, yes. <laughs> what the heck they're trying to go for. Um, yeah, the new I, privacy policy is very concerning. Yeah, um, yeah. Under the uh, user information, one of one of the first sections, um, it uh, gives uh, you will give X the uh, allowance to collect information on metadata related to encrypted messages. Um, what does that mean? That means someone's trying to decrypt your 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 messaging at um, X's end. Why? Well, I guess because they're, they're going to have to. <laughs> Um, this yeah. is your, if, they're, if they're responsible for your banking information and all that stuff. And it's your metadata. So it's not it's not the data that's inside the message. It's the data that says what the message, who it went to, what time it was done. But there's a lot that can be learned from metadata. Mm-hmm. So it's not in- innocuous that they're going to do your metadata. But it gets worse. It gets worse. Well, again... Um, if they want to be your application of everything, that would probably mean communicating with your insurance company and and, and your doctors, your dentists, um, et cetera. So they need all your biomets. 
I have biometric information for safety, security, and identification. So it's based on your consent, of course, but I'm sure there'll be things you can't use in the app if you don't give it. Um, I don't even give my thumbprint to my phone. Uh, I'm not giving biometric information to Twitter, given how lax he is with safety and security to begin with. But, but it's just like it gets worse. So you think biometrics bad, right? Right. But it gets worse. They're going to collect your employment history, educational history, employment preferences, skills, abilities, job search activity, engagement, and so on. That's like, I mean, it's supposedly for the hiring that you talked about. You know that where the companies can hire people. Oh gosh, no, no, no! Do not do. do you want to give that information over to, to just like some company? Like companies have a lot of you know, ability to get information as it is, but you at least consent to how it's going to be used. This is basically, you know, we may collect it. We may not. And we may do something with it and we may not. And I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Because I, I think I would uh, have to shut down Twitter at that point. Well, how to say this? I think Twitter is, again, trying to be the Internet itself. Now, You've already given, I've already given all of these permissions to numerous different websites on a case-by-case basis. Um, in Canada, we have um, public health care. So I have a health portal that I can go to. And in that yes. health portal, we're recorded on a government server somewhere in the bowels of, uh, of uh, Queen's Park in downtown Toronto is um, all of my information. You know, the, the, the heart attack, the step but, that was put in there, when it was put in there, all that stuff is, is, is recorded. And I've given permission in that instance to use that inf- for that specific application. Similarly, um, I, I, I talk to my bank very frequently online. In fact, so much so, I don't even know what it looks like inside anymore. It's been a long time since I've been into my bank physically. That's a specific instance where I've given specific permissions. The difference here is X wants this whole metaverse of my life. Um, And that being in the hands of um, somebody who I already don't trust to begin with makes me very uncomfortable because I don't know... I know what the bank is going to do with my information long-term. I know what the Ontario Ministry of Health is going to do with my information long-term. Not a lot. Um, The bank's going to try to sell me stuff and the Ontario Ministry is going to try to track me. Um, and and optimize the health system, I should hope. That's what I'm paying them for. But I don't know what Musk is going to do with my information and what X is going to do with my information. And that annoys me. Well, I think it's troublesome because when you talk about a bank or you talk about medical, at least in the U.S., I'm sure it's the same there, probably even more so. uh, You know, there are strict regulations. There are oversight. There are people that come and audit you. There are things that you pay heavy fines or could lose your license for violating. People laws are very strict. Bank laws are very strict. So can the FBI get a warrant and look at your stuff? Sure. But can it just any company that collects data on you get that information? No. But with Twitter, any anyone he decides to partner with, he could give that too. And they're also talking about training their AI on all this yeah. data. So so first, first of all, backing up a little bit, this is an app that doesn't need to exist because we already have WhatsApp, Facebook, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many that already exist. No, this is this is just a get in the middle, get in the middle of yeah. stuff and profit sort of thing. Again, yeah, uh, Musk is trying to be the internet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I'd be very concerned about one, just his his views on privacy to begin with, sure. how he's treated it at Twitter. We have literally Nazis on the platform now. He doesn't care. He actually encourages it. 
So I don't think I would trust my personal data and my financial data um, on an on a on a company's app like that. Because uh, you know I go to DEF CON every year, and uh, I, I do not trust that they would take the protections necessary to make sure that nothing happened. They would just he has a lot of money, so he just figures he'll pay the fine. That's how he always does it anyway, right? I don't know that for a fact, but that's I assume because that's how he usually does. So I yeah I just think it's very dangerous for for this kind of privacy poly, policy and then um, training AI on it and that also means your audio data, your yeah. messaging data, your yeah. video data. Yeah. So who knows? No. Who knows where that yeah. that 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 goes? Okay, really quickly. Um, I don't want to spend very much more time on on, on Trickster, but they're <laughs> going to be allowing uh, political advertising again. Um, they've uh, had banned political ads in. Uh, 2019, but um, moving into 2024, um, I guess there's just too much money to be resisted, and there may well be some, you know, political slant that they're trying to uh, pursue. Also, if there is money to pursue in political advertising, they'll probably need it, given that they're facing uh, 2,200 arbitration cases, uh, got filing fees sitting in the 3 million range, sometimes it's just court fees. Because um, on the way through the front door, um, Musk and his new ownership team um, well, sort of took a flamethrower to the... Uh, <laughs> to the to the um whole company uh, uh, well not to, not to the company but to the um severance uh, severance factors yes. of all the people that, yeah. they, that they laid off to um uh vestiges agreements for people who had who had um received parts of their payment in um in shares of the company rather than in than in cash at the time when when Twitter was just starting up um and all of that got, got got torched with the with the new management group, and because many people had you know done a whole bunch of financial planning around agreements they made with a company that seemed so solid that a bunch of lawyers had signed off on it. Um, when agreements like this get broken, you go to court, and that's what's yeah. happening. And court's expensive, so um, I expect to see a whole bunch of cash grabbing from the. Uh, from the app formerly known as Twitter, because they're going to need it. Badly. Yeah, and, and so people know also in the state of California, there are laws around severance. Yep. So, um, and if you don't give some, like I believe it's 90 day notice on the termination. So there are, there are actually the state laws that have been violated too, not just like worker agreements, oh, you know, like contracts and stuff. So, so he's going to have a pretty hard time in court with this because of, because of that. But it's been pretty awful what he's done to the employees. You know, so. Okay, I think the biggest news in search this week, um, and we'll we'll see how this pans out, whether it turns out to be good news or not, is um, Google's made the announcement. Um, the search generated uh, search generative experience is going to um, going to have links. Um, I think uh, they announced um, they announced just yesterday um, that after going through a, a number of different forms, three different. Uh, Formats, they've settled on um, drop-down buttons. So you click a drop-down button, it's going to um, sort of bring up a web page as a, sort of like a, a card that, that, that appears underneath the uh, drop-down button representing the link. 
and this is how Google's going to move you from uh, text to um, a page that I'm guessing they either drew the text from or best represents the text that is displayed on the screen. Um, well, you know what? It depends. Honestly, goodness, Christine, it depends on the spokesperson who's talking to you. I think some people are going to say straight up, "This comes from this comes from that uh, that page," and some people are going to say best represents. I think best represents is probably the. It's an LLM model. It's not unless <laughs> unless it, yeah, they could say like, "Here's 20 search results summarized," but they don't have like, "Oh, I got this from X page." It just doesn't work that way. But they they have side processes that pull up things and they ground them in certain search results. So. And Google's being really uh, mum on how they, like Bing has told us exactly how they do it. They're being pretty mum on how they exactly do it. But these are just basically search cards in there. The truth is, though, I don't think this is going to help anybody, to be honest. Someone's reading this and conversing with it. They don't care about the links in the middle. We'll see what happens. But this is my personal opinion. I also, I don't, I still don't believe SG should be in search because it's not a search. And it still gives wrong information and it still um, is killing the sites below it. So Google's using all the sites below it to this box to train, and then they're limiting anybody getting clicks. Just, I have a whole problem with that. So, but yes, SG is uh, going to do this. They may have multiple rows of these little cards in there. I still the cards aren't very readable. They don't they don't entice you to click. Uh, I just don't think they're going to really help a whole lot. But we'll see. People will do in our industry. We'll do tons of studies on it, and, and we'll see what happens. But what do you think? I think we'll see what comes up. I, 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 I don't know if this is going to be helpful for searchers or not. I do know that it's that um, uh, uh, SGE has been around for a month and a half, two months now, and there's been some 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 pretty heavy feedback to, uh, today in uh, Search Engine Roundtable. Um, Barry quotes um, Senior Director of Product Management at Google Search, um, Hima Baduraju. Um, some of the stuff that uh, Hima has been, some of the feedback uh, Hima and his, and, uh, his team has been receiving. Um, and this is again, um, this is this is this is from Google. People are having a positive experience. Are using S SGE for help with more complex queries and entirely new types of questions. The highest satisfaction. Uh, comes from younger users, 18 to 24. Um, they enjoy being able to ask follow-up questions conversationally. Uh, people find suggested follow-up questions beneficial to see examples of how to refine search. People are asking longer and more controversial questions. I'm sorry, more conversational questions. I would say, how do they have to controversial? Uh, conversational <laughs> questions. Um, they're asking questions in full sentences. So think about think think about how people are interacting with uh with, with google now that they're able to talk to it, okay um and 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 get this conversation like experience back from it um overall google says seeing people uh try queries that um they never may have thought they could search before you know um they're uh, pairing ideas together that I guess they hadn't 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 tried before because you know mo mostly a search is like two three words describing the thing you're looking for. Because it's a search. This but we talk we talk in concept. We 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 tend to talk yeah. uh, not not as much in specifics, but in going to this place and this place has a whole bunch of things. Google being able to ascertain that this place has all these things. Um, 
So yeah, that's kind of neat. Um, I'd Google. be fine if they put this under a different tab, but the fact they put it in the main results, I, I have so many issues with it. And so I'm trying to be objective, but it's very hard because it's not search. It gives Google. back wrong information and it's killing sites that they actually train on. So. Google, well, we'll see. Again, we'll see. Um, I suggest it might, but we'll see if it actually does. I mean, right now. Um, I mean, right now, the one now is, is Google said people are, are finding um, ads around AI uh, powered overviews helpful. I don't know um, why they wouldn't say that. Um, yeah. And apparently people like that they can easily scroll and access a broad range of sources on the web in, in addition to what they see in the AI-powered snapshot. So people appreciate all the stuff that they used to have as well as the AI stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't have um, access to SGE up here in Canada I do. Yet. Yeah, I did. Well, I, I, I got to fake it using a proxy or I got to go over to Bing, which not Google's um, SGE, but gives me full access to, uh, to AI because Bing is making a big deal about not playing political games with, uh, with access these, this week. I don't know why they're making a big deal of it in Canada, but they're making a big deal of that in Canada these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, people are liking this. Whether it's actually helping them or not, I suggest it must be, or they wouldn't be liking it. Um, yeah, but we have to remember the survey goes to people that are using SGE and not to everybody. So well, I, I, I'm a little, I, I would like to see Google's methodology here because if you're surveying people that are already using it and regularly enough to get a survey from you, then they're going to say that they like it. So um, I talked to my clients and my clients find it really annoying. So I think they need a better study to, well, or someone needs to do an independent study to find out what people really think. I'm um, gonna, I'm but I'm sure some people really like it. I, I'm sure they do. I'm going to say what I almost always say when something new comes along in search. Um, if it's helpful to the users, the users are going to use it. If it's not helpful to them, they won't use it. Um, at the beginning, I'm certain they'll be they'll be very interested in it. Just like we saw Bing get this like massive bump just because it had ChatGPT attached to it. And as it turns out, um, while Bing users appreciate ChatGPT, they still don't appreciate Bing as much as uh, they might. <laughs> and Bing didn't True. get the uh, the massive bump True. that they that they expected yeah, no to get bump. from it. No um, so again, I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, I see amazing things that can come from uh, incorporating uh, AI with search. But the output, as you say, Christine, isn't necessarily information retrieval as I'm entirely comfortable with it. Um, I like things that are empirically verified. Um, I don't like mashups of information. Um, but... I, I, like I said, I, I'd be what? fine if they separated it and put it on a separate tab and called it AI or something. But um, also, I mean, think about anybody whose site is in those search results. They'll never be seen again. I'm already having that problem. I see people talking about it right now with traffic being down for them. And there are people whose whole livelihoods de depend on that. And Google, oh. um, Google is a trillion-dollar company that could do this in a better way, that it wouldn't destroy the sites that they've also used to put their ads around and make all their money. So I do. I just have a really big personal issue with it because it's not search. 
it's not accurate a lot of the time uh these little these little cards are putting in there are not going to bring the traffic that a search result brings and i think it should be separate i don't think it should be there at all but that's just my personal opinion and people are fully entitled to disagree with me on that (laughs) i think this is like seattle 2006 or something and I'm, i'm having this uh furious debate with Aaron Wall. Um, And I'm talking about an ecosystem that we're trying to build about information and the relevance of information. And Aaron's like, I don't have any allegiance to Google or anything. I got allegiance to my customers. Um, Yeah. And we were both right. Yeah. You know, I I had my, 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 my point of view about like, you know, this whole mission now we're on and keeping things pure and air. was just like, look, that's not what I'm getting paid for. I'm getting paid to get to my customer's attention. That's what we're getting paid for. Again, also, I care about my right. customers. I care about my customers. I have a customer who's weirdly down and we're trying to figure out what's wrong. Right. And, uh, you know, he sports himself and his disabled wife on the one site. So oh. now if that one site appears underneath these SGG, SGE results everywhere, now right now it doesn't. What happens to the, the traffic? Traffic disappears. I mean, it's just going to go away because um, they're going to put argument, four ads on the tad. Like what ads. happens? What happens if um, his site uh, uh, appears in those SGE results? I don't think it's going to really help all that much. I really don't. You're reading something, like when you read a web page. Do you want to click the ad in the middle of what you're reading? Probably not most of the time. Not necessarily, but if I'm really, really, really interested in a source of information and whether whether that can be relied on or not from as from from how Google's gonna gonna draw the cards up, um, if it takes me to a page where I can I don't know complete my purchase or get what I'm interested in, get the information I'm interested in, then I will probably click it. Um, Again, I I grew up in an, in an environment where you had to go to libraries and and chase information down like sure. long threads. So it's, clicking it's, to see something I'm interested in isn't a big deal. Well, no, but it's just the cards are not interesting. They don't from someone who does usability and conversions. The again, cards I, don't entice, entice any click at all. I can't buy anything out of the. Um, the generated stream, the SGE stream, stream. I can't buy nothing out of there, but I can buy something on on the client website. That's what I'm going there for. Um, and then, okay, my my um, opinion on this may be a bit biased in that I tend to live in the ecom B two B world. So if anyone who is interested in my client stuff. I, I do have a couple B2C clients, um, but mostly it's B2B stuff. But anyone who's interested in my client stuff, if it comes up in the uh, CGE, they're looking to purchase a piece of industrial equipment or a piece of um, hardware or something. Um, so they have to go to my client or the, or, or, or the competitor or whatever. They don't have, they don't have to at all. Yes, they do. They're looking put, yes, they do. They have to buy something. They need to complete a a business function. That's why they're right. at. That's why they're at my client's website. Right. There's no other but reason to be there. They don't have to do it from a search box that's generating text. No. It puts little cards in there that barely are readable. No, but they do. But now that they found reference to the client site, they're going to get there. That's the point. That's the point. Otherwise, at least in the world that I'm working in. Why are they conducting the search in the first place? We should, we can do was this is we can table it because we don't have data right now. But I'm going to take a bet that if your clients start showing up 
And that box starts showing up above your client site and they're in the box, you're going to at least see a 25 to 50% traffic drop. Now I might be wrong. We don't have data yet, but I think that's what's going to happen. And again, I think that comes, that comes down to why people are using various websites. And uh, if you're referencing, I'm, I'm going to say the opposite. I think if your references will be like a one box, if you get a link in there, you were, you were the most visible thing in the search result. Boom. You got yeah. traffic. We'll see. We'll circle back when the research comes out. I, I'll bet you a, uh, I'll bet you a Canadian beer on it <laughs> that, that it's not going to go up for most people. 90% of people will not go up. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Some of the obvious stuff that we do have empirical data on um, about Google. Um, number one, um, titles on pages are incredibly powerful and they're still incredibly powerful. Um, in fact, 85% of titles um, feature keywords in position one to five of Google. Um, so if, you know, 80, 80%, 85% of the pages in uh, position one to five of, of a Google search results have uh, title tags that feature keyword targets. Um, I don't know where this argument is coming from or why it's up right now, but um, titles and meta descriptions do make a difference in uh, in how um, well the title and how sites rank, and certainly the um, meta description and how sites get and how and how users decide to click on a site. Oh, sorry, I thought you were still going. I apologize. <laughs> oh no, that was uh, that was my yeah. throw to you. Yeah, yeah, no. Um... I mean, obviously, titles and the keywords and net titles, keywords and titles matter. So, and they matter for click through rate. That's why I tell people on important content, don't let AI write your your titles and metas. You want to have a human write them and entice the click. So, um, yeah, uh, you should think of your your um, meta descriptions um, as marketing text. It's not going to have yeah. any um, influence over your ranking specifically. But given that the meta description tends to form the descriptive paragraph found underneath the anchor text, which is often your title, um, in Google search results or Bing search results, that's the first information off of any given page that the search engine user sees after seeing the title. So this is what is making them decide to click or not click. Um, your description over your competitor's description. If your competitor's description is more compelling, they're probably getting the click. Um, as Christine said, you probably don't want a machine phrasing this text for you. Although I got to, I got to tell you, Christine, I'm going to do exactly that because I have this one site that has thousands of pages. This is a new, a newbie, thousands of pages that without. Uh, unique meta descriptions and <laughs> yeah well no I think it's fine to do it for that but I just anything that's important you want to make sure that you're handwriting their titles and metas also because the metas as Jim said have no rankings factor they do come up with featured snippets that is part of how they pull a featured snippet so you want to make sure it's well written so that you become one of the ones that they might pull there's other things in the featured snippet of course but um, it is one of the things that they check to uh to determine consensus among ideas ideas and they only use that in future snippets nowhere else but um yeah, so it's important but yeah, yeah i again, would do for thousands of them i would definitely have ai write them it's usually I, a blog that someone forgot to do anything on now i can guarantee you 
as I'm going to guarantee the client that I will read um, almost every one of those those descriptions. So I'm going to try to read all of them. I really will. Um, and I will make corrections to a few of them too, because that's going to happen. But I don't want. There's no way a human can write that many. And that's one of the things that AI is going to be used for, hopefully positively, is um, satisfying the new the new scales of e-commerce and the web. Um, but if it's writing your your actual core content, you're you're probably um, denying yourself great opportunities. Well, if it's writing your core content, I still still maintain that they are the helpful content update is meant to try to eliminate that content. Well, and John kind of reinforced that in a post we talked about last week, where he he told people they were starting from behind that it was an anchor weighing them down and then he kind of cited most of the things in the hcu that would apply to ai content without saying it was from the hcu well, then, so I really... sullivan jumped on danny sullivan jumped on that bandwagon as well um, coming out saying look this is regurgitated content we can't we can't look at it any other way because it's by nature regurgitated content yeah. and a lot of people argue and they'll go but i put in my own training and i'm like but is that a publicly available information because then it's still regurgitated content. You just, just added new training. Differently regurgitated. Yeah. You just added new training. And it's not like, you know, it's not like you, if you came up with a new thought and put that in, maybe, but um, it's still training and it's still the same content I've seen a million times. And seriously, I beg everybody to go read the helpful content update. If you don't have to believe me, you can see it has think words in there like originality. Uh, you know, you can't be original if it's, AI because it's regurgitated, things like that. So people should start looking at those and seeing what Danny and John are saying. Because I'm pretty pretty sure they're linking it together. Okay, um, you know what? I can yeah. put I can put three points together in this segue. Speaking of Danny Sullivan, really, really stupid content and stuff that all of us have seen way too often. <laughs> How many times have you received the uh, the uh, a plea? from um, some link build scheme based on um, uh, uh, article spamming in X number of publications. <laughs> Somebody sent um, Danny Sullivan on his um, search liaison um, Twixter, you know, X, the social network formerly known as Twitter. On, on his liaison account there, um, he sent him one of the classics. Um, we got places for you to spam the hell out of. And then, you know, as these letters tend to, bragged about many of the places they spam the hell out of. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand why these people don't scrub Google.com out of their email list. Like, um, yeah. In this case. <laughs> um, it, it came in email. I don't know which email, but it came in email. Yeah, in this case, the person who it was sent to was not as annoyed to see it as you might think. <laughs> no, I was just like, oh, great, because I, I get at least five of these a day. It's so annoying. But, uh, but yeah, it's just funny. It's like, okay, you got a big list, spam list. Go through and uh, scrub out at Google.com. Like, really, that would be like, the first thing I would do. So it's just funny that they send these to, because this regularly happens, that spammers are selling spam products. Send them to Google and Google people. And then they wonder why all their stuff died. Well, <laughs> as soon as a Google person saw it, they pretty much killed your business. So, Okay. So I guess this 
makes sense from Google's point of view. Um, illegal content is not always spam. It could be illegal content, but it's not necessarily spam, spammy content. Um, illegal content is not usually a smart place where people will be building links to manipulate Google. So Google will probably not view it as spam. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because the spam isn't as a SEO term in this case for violating certain policies Google has around manipulating search. So well, it does make sense. Yeah. Chances are someone's not using a um, page of stolen goods or of depictions of children in sexual, um, you know, the sexual exploitation of children. They're not using links from those pages to manipulate Google. Exactly. Um, so Google won't won't necessarily see those pages as spam, although it might be disgusted or uh, 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 completely offended by them, as anybody else would be. They're still not necessarily spam. Well, and we should say that we're talking about the SEO division, search engine division, right? Mm -hmm. This is about ranking pages on the web. There are divisions in Google that address, you know, illegal activities online, and and they would address it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not going to be you can't report it as spam and Google is going to just take it on as spam because um, it's not there. It's not their area. Right. It's not violating the TOS. The, unless someone manually reviews it, they won't know what it's doing. So it makes sense. You know, um, hopefully that gets reported though immediately to the other divisions that do take care of that stuff. OK, so that's I think that's most of our Google stuff, um, most of our Google stuff that's not AI related. Here's a fun one. You have, uh, you, I'm actually, you don't have this problem. Oh my goodness, because you, 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 you use Mac. You're in, the, you're in the whole OS environment, right? Yes, so, I, I don't like Windows. <laughs> okay, you don't have this problem. But if you do use Windows, you have, um, you have uh, 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 the problem with, um, well, their, um, Microsoft has continually been behind the ball on the browser. Um, everyone's made the Internet Exploder jokes, Internet Explorer. That, that, was, that was a while ago. Now they have Edge. And Edge is built on the Chromium um, kernel. So it's, it's, it's built, built like, like a Chrome browser, um, as, as every smart browser will be, except to compete with Chrome, which Google has as much as Google can try to strip down to make it fast and leaf, which it's not. Um, to compete with Chrome, uh, Microsoft decided to give Edge features, lots and lots and lots of features. Features beyond what you might think. Um, like I can look up stock prices and I can look up weather and I can look up news stories. I can do a whole bunch of stuff just at the, the click of a, a mouse button on my uh, resource tray in my uh, Windows 11 environment. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that um, I would be able to do, but didn't know I could, didn't even know I could do um, that. Uh, Microsoft is about to depreciate math solver, Pictionary, picture dictionary, citations. Didn't know we could do that. Um, grammar tools kids modes um apparently there's a number of features in microsoft edge that are about to be depreciated um 
and uh, many of which uh, our users didn't even know they had. And all I could think of was remember those razor blade commercials where, you know, one razor blade company had five blades, the next one had to have six yeah. and so on and so on. Well, Google made a simple one that had two razor blades and Microsoft made one that had like 25. And uh, apparently 25 razor blades just isn't doing it for them. <laughs> I have an old SNL spoof on that. And just like added more and more and more blades until like yep. they took off someone's face. Well, and this is again Microsoft has um, has again had to cut back into just uh, despite their public face. By the way, Microsoft is um, also being a little dirty. Well, okay. Again, you're not a Microsoft user. I, I see. I see your uh, your your little side note here is dirty Microsoft. And the yeah, thing is, if you were a Microsoft user, you'd be used to this kind of shenanigans. I know, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm not for just, definite reasons. <laughs> just raise your eyebrow and go, "Oh, they're doing that again." Well, okay, that's Microsoft. <laughs> okay, so yeah, they're, they're, they have pop-ups that are um, now we're like pop-ups that are yeah that are that are trying to push people into ditch Google um, for Bing. They're also trying to. Um, they have uh, pop-ups and uh, really, really, really clever, like um, top-level information bars um, that make you confirm that you want to continue using your uh, your current product. If you hit the wrong button, you're going to get switched to Edge as the default, whether you like it or not. But but also but also it's not in the normal notification system. So the reason that they say it's like a malware is because it's a rogue executable file that appears <laughs> on your C drive digitally signed by Microsoft. Yep. So it's like, not only is it like a little dirty, but it's like really dirty because it's like downloading an executable on your, your computer. Now it's not going to hurt you because it's Microsoft, but still you're not really supposed to do that. <laughs> like just download stuff on people's computers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, they said that they're going to pull, pull back on that. Well, not- like, like I said, if you were a Windows, a regular Windows user, you'd just be used to these shenanigans because this yeah. is Microsoft, and they're um, they don't. See, have you ever wondered why Microsoft has the reputation they've got? Because I mean, like they're, they're, they're they don't seem like such bad people when you meet them. They're they're Microsofties, but then they start doing stuff, and you're just like, oh my god, you guys are worse than Apple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Apple actually tries to be. Um, on the privacy side and not to like interject into your system. So I also just don't like how Windows works, but um, I was a Windows user at one time. I, I was, but not for a very long time. <laughs> so so I don't have to deal with stuff like that. That is very true. Okay, speaking of uh, of Bing and Microsoft and Microsoft, um, is, is, I, I mentioned this one earlier. Um, if you are... Um, using uh, uh, AI or other enhanced features um, in uh, in Google, that means you're not living in certain can- in certain countries, certain parts of the EU, um, Canada. But you can in Bing because um, uh, according to uh, uh, Bing CEO, uh, Mikhail Paharikin, um, Bing doesn't, all countries are the same. Bing, they release stuff at the same time in all places. Bing doesn't discriminate. Um, Google is, is currently, uh, for legal and privacy reasons, Canadians and uh, certain countries in the European Union don't have access to expanded search features such as uh, CGE um, because Google just doesn't want to deal with the court. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'll 
You have to give fairness. They're much, much, much larger. So they have a, a bigger chance of having issues. Also, um, with the, uh, just lost my train of thought. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, they don't care about, well, I'm saying they don't care about you guys. Like, like, um, yeah. the, oh, the, like the, the, the AI thieves can run roughshod over, over all of your privacies, but up here in Canada and in, in, in uh, Europe, Google, Google suddenly cares. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, so much. Yeah. Well, and you know, we don't have real privacy laws. It's <laughs> part of the thing, I think. Also, I, I love that they use the, she used the word discriminate. There's no way that was chosen by accident. Oh, so goodness, no. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, I probably went like through 30 lawyers before it was used. So. Can we so actually say choice. this? Oh, God, yeah, say it. Go ahead, say yeah. it. <laughs> it's an interesting choice of words. So, yeah, so it's, it's uh, yeah, interesting. So this one's kind of neat. Um, Baidu has released its own... Uh, Baidu has released its own um, chatbot called Ernie. Yeah, which is interesting because Ernie has actually been around as long as, actually I think it's pre-BERT, which is the large language models that Google was started to break all this open. Uh, I did actually a talk on, I think it was 2018, called um, On Our Way to Sesame Street, and we I had a slide on Ernie. So uh, you, you didn't know about the, about, um, the, about Baidu's Ernie at the time. You, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, Ernie was Baidu and Chinese research. So, yeah, yeah, it was. But it, it wasn't this. It wasn't like a, you know, chat GPT style thing. It was a, a language model like BERT where they were doing the masking of the word and, you know, made everything easier to do and um, process faster and cheaper. So, but it is interesting now they've used that and turned it into a chat GPT style. Um, China is uh, pushing ahead quite strongly with um with uh ai innovation um hoping to see this as an equalizer with with american tech firms um uh the thing is I um ceo uh, i'm trying to find trying to find her full name um baidu ceo uh described china's regulations as more pro-innovation than about regulation um, and uh, this is earned by do a what a three percent bump in uh, on 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 Chinese on Chinese markets. Yeah, I still. I mean, I don't know if it's available outside of China. I think it is though, but I'd be very careful as someone outside using it because I know that's they use that to train what you put in there. So yeah, I'd be a little um, careful of that. But I don't know where it's available yet. I haven't seen the list of countries. Well. This is going to be a difficult um, debate for website owners, content creators, podcast hosts, um, anybody who is putting information on the web to open, to be open or not open to having your content used to train large language models. About 10% of the top 1,000 websites in the world are blocking access to GPT bots um, as, as, as much as they can. Um, Amazon.com, WikiHow, Quora, Shutterstock have all um, shut themselves off to AI. Um, allowing AI to train on your works or works that you host um, 
again, makes them open to whatever becomes of these large language models. But at the same time, it kind of strips down the originality of the content. And, and in many cases, such as it's with Shutterstock or Quora um, or WikiHow, um, this is user-generated content. So who knows who has what right to which? So you can yeah. still be a lot of questions, eh? There is. And just to throw in there, too, uh, they upheld the uh, idea legally that there is no copyright on AI content at the moment, AI imagery, AI content. Uh, so you, when you create it, you have no copyright on it. Anyone can copy and paste it, use it anywhere. Uh, yeah, but the the it's it's a hard question. Like my client's a new site and it says, should I block it? And I'm thinking, I can't think of any reason you shouldn't because it's training data. It's people, a lot of people, again, still mistake it with search. And think well if it's not able to access your site then you won't come up but you're not it's it's not accessing like a search engine it's accessing you to just train itself to write content so do you want it to train on your stuff maybe not and what is the right answer i don't know i'm hoping one of our ai people that are going to come on in a few weeks i will be able to answer these questions for us because i don't know any reason that they shouldn't block it i mean do you know any reason? Um, Unless you had like some weird niche yeah. product that no one's ever heard of. But my reason for you shouldn't block it, and this is again, this is in. Um, I would treat everything as a use individual case scenario. Um, so this thinking might not apply to every site in my stable of clients, but to 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 most of them, it probably would, and. I would say be open to it. The reason is fear of missing out. I don't know where AI is going a year from now, two years from now, or three years from now. In a very short time, AI may well be able to remember exactly where it read that sentence and why. It can't today. It can't do it. It can't do it today with um, one hundred percent with the ninety-nine point nine 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 percent accuracy that um, I think we would require for, you know, verifiable information. But I don't know what it's going to be like five years from now. And so if my clients aren't don't have their information in these systems, I'm terrified they'll be missing out on something really important later. Today, yeah. I don't know. Um, if it was if I had a news, a newspaper, absolutely not. If I was publishing people's um, uh, original um, literature original short stories god no um people's people's images like if i had um if if if, if i was the webmaster at deviant art absolutely not um but you know for some of my e-commerce clients sure i don't see why not it won't i don't think it'll hurt them yeah i just don't know yet i i since it doesn't have recall of where it's been and Today. the knowledge of yeah but i also don't know that it ever will but we'll see um but if it decided to then you could just take the tags off your site you know so um the the but i don't know that there's a negative to it either you know i think we need more information and we need it from people who are experts in those areas uh, i don't think google's going to tell us because <laughs> they want to train right but at the rate that people are blocking these sites the crawlers for the training pretty soon uh, large language models are going to have a problem because they won't have data to train on. So they're going to maybe have to make create a renumeration 
process or something, right? Because we have how many of the Fortune 500 right now are blocking it? Well, 10 of the top 1,000 websites in the world. Uh, 10%. So it's say, you know, 100 out of 1,000. Yeah, and they say it's going to increase 5% every week, they believe. So so by the time we come around this time next year, it might be um, most of the top 1,000 have blocked it. If I was a writer in the New York Times, I would not, absolutely not, want my words uh, mashed with the opinion writers of the LA Times. Right. You know, I I respect their opinions, but this one's mine, Mm -hmm. you know? And also training on your writing style, right? So they're not going to pull back and go, Jim's wrote this, so we're going to write it like Jim, but you're trained, you're, if you have enough documents out there, if you've written enough articles, if your style could show up or someone could say in this, in the style of this author and then, you know, have them do that. You're not going to do it off a couple of documents, but if you're, I don't even know how to write like Jim anymore. (laughs) <laughs> but if you're like, you know, Barry Schwartz in our industry, he's written thousands and thousands of articles. So it definitely could, you know, train on that and then re- repeat his style. So, in fact, right now on Amazon, it's happening. The authors are finding books trained That's on right. their style. I read about that. Yeah, trained on their style. And then someone's writing the book and publishing it on Amazon uh, with their name on it, like they wrote it and making money. So. That's a fairly elaborate deep fake scam, isn't it? <laughs> There's a bunch of them actually that are happening now. AI is um been in public hands for just about a year now. And uh well, you know, people are very creative, both positively and negatively. Um last week NBC News uh viewed a bunch of videos, uh fifty videos posted to um uh, sites featuring computer manipulated images. A um, bunch of them, bunch of them. Uh, Elon Musk, um, CBS uh, anchor Gail King, um, uh, VidCast host Tucker Carlson, um, HBO host Bill Ma- Bill Maher. Um, all of these people had their video images deep faked. Um, and were used to try to support a claim that Elon Musk had invented a uh, technologically advanced investment platform that he was calling X. Um, I saw those. I saw those ads, actually. Okay, well, they were fake. They were total, total deep fakes. Yeah. And, but you know what? People fell for them. They do. They do. It's hard. I mean, if you and I work in this stuff all day long, and occasionally we still fall for stuff. I can't imagine the regular person who has no idea all this stuff is going on. And I see like Elon Musk in his face and he's talking just like him and he looks like him and he's saying things like him. And so are these other people supporting him, although none of those people actually agreed to any of that, nor did they film themselves talk, saying those things. Uh, and we have to be really careful going into. Here's um, a terif- any- terrifying one for you, for all consumers out there. Voice activation or voice authentication is an important part of two-factor authentication, right? Mm -hmm. I heard of a scam recently where the scam caller is going to ask you a question that will prompt you to give a yes or no answer. They want you to say yes. They don't care that you say yes, except they want a recording of your voice saying yes. So they can use that to, you know, to FA your voice saying yes. Yeah, yeah. and then That's terrifying. Already, that's, that's like, how do you avoid that? Well, they've already had ones that mimic somebody's 
voice like we do a show they can mimic our voice and they call their families and tell them they are being kidnapped and that they need money sent immediately you know so there's uh, all sorts of scams i think the problem is that um when we have dangerous tech that can be dangerous not tech's not dangerous and you know inherently most of the time but it can be used that way we usually have a lot of regulations and laws around it, a lot of, you know, gatekeeping friction to make sure that not just anybody can use it. Problem is all these tools are out there for anybody to use. Fake, fake voicing, fake imaging, faking who you are in a video, faking your, um, your writing, faking your photos. So right now someone could create a complete you and it would look and sound like you and it would have your voice and it would say things that you said and it wouldn't be you. Now imagine on a nation state scale what that could be done with too, right? So I think it's unfortunate that all this stuff was allowed to come out on a commercial market with no regulations. Because now some guy in his, you know, basement could have all these tools and just become like a really dangerous player in the world. Oh, so it's, 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 a, it's a conundrum oh. because the gates are, the horse is already out of the barn. Weirdly enough, we saw we saw a couple of kids in Macedonia do just that with the uh, yeah. beginning of the fake news revolution. We did all the all the fake news started so people know it didn't start as a political thing. It was a bunch of affiliate marketers in different countries who found out they could make money by selling fake news, yep. and that's how it started. They just got a lot of visits to their websites with the fake news about political things. SEOs ruined uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it became nation state stuff. But at the first time, it was just affiliate marketers. Last story. We've got time for one more. And this actually, actually, I think is kind of an important one. And we'll see how, we'll see where this goes. Um, so younger computer users, um, generally the uh, uh, Generation Z or um, the, or even uh, the, the millennials, um, are Turning to other sources uh, for 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 information, um, TikTok is a is a good source, or Reddit is 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 a, is a source people go to for information. And Reddit, knowing that they're becoming, I mean, Reddit calls themselves the front page of the internet for good reason. They have a, a user interest thread for pretty much every user interest under the sun. Um, and now they're uh, going to be creating an AI powered keyword research tool to burn through all of the posts and all of the comments to posts, figure out the the language and the topical language in the post. And then if you're familiar with that, Twitter comments, um, the comments don't necessarily follow the topic of the post. They follow whatever smart ass direction the commenters at, at, uh, at uh, Reddit felt like going in that, in that comment thread. So you could have a, uh, thread uh, in appreciation of the New York Yankees and it end up being a Boston Red Sox fan thread because that's where the conversation went. Reddit's AI powered keyword research tool is going to find ways to, you know, match up um, advertisements with the changing nature of text as comments unfold or um, as uh, it goes from 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 post topic to again to to wherever the comments go, this is infinitely more powerful than the offerings that that um, 
Google or the Yahoo network have when it comes to, to placing ads, to, context, to doing contextual placement for ads. And it may give Reddit a massive um, leg up looking at other ad models moving into the future. Like, you know how, like, um, Yahoo got um, paid ads. Then Google took that concept from, actually, Yahoo bought that concept off Inc. to me. Um, Yahoo, Google looked at the concept and sort of stole it from Yahoo and then refined it into um, AdWords slash AdSense. This is another one of those moments where Reddit's come out with something that is probably more powerful than the previous model. This is going to be really neat. Yeah, it'd also be interesting to see with Google because the way people search Reddit right now is by Google. They do a, they do a Google search and add Reddit on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see because uh, right now they get like 40% of their traffic from organic search uh, because of that. So it'll just be interesting to see how it shifts. I don't know if Reddit is a so significant for Google's traffic, you know, levels, but uh, it is a lot of searches that might suddenly not be on Google anymore. So it'd be interesting. And again, this is about placing ads, contextual ads in with, uh, con- in yeah. with content. Um, Reddit is about to go public or they're trying really hard to set themselves up to go public, which is kind of scary because I love Reddit. Um, and, you know, when places, when places go public, it tends to go weird. Yeah. Yeah. But this is probably a really good thing for them. It, they're, this is a better mousetrap sitting on top of a proven revenue model. Um, and if they can cut out the, uh, if they can cut out Google, you know, Google takes its 50% um, or whatever, whatever their ad, whatever their, their ad share is. If they can cut Google out of that equation, they get all Google's money as yeah, well as exactly. their own money. And this exactly. is what made Google rich. I just, I'm curious how Reddit users respond to it because sort of like Instagram, when Instagram, you know, changed and was no longer pure. It angered a lot of the users, so I don't, I don't know if the users are bothered by this, but it would be Reddit interesting users to take. just went through a massive rebellion over yeah. the um, limitation of third-party uh, software, and as it turns out, user numbers are higher today than they were two months ago. So, That's good. Um, how <laughs> will how will Reddit users react? They'll scream and yell and gnash their teeth, sure, but they'll go on using Reddit and probably appreciate or not appreciate. Um, the efforts Reddit goes to to monetize itself, <laughs> um, but they probably won't even notice. I mean, but again, they'll scream and gnash their teeth because that's what we do. So whenever Facebook makes a makes a makes a change, we all freak out because it's so horrible. And then three months later, we're totally used to it, right? Yeah, not how you how able we're how quickly we're able to get used to horrible. <laughs> well, humans adapt as we do. Okay, we have gone over time. Our, uh, our 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 studio studio uh, guys are gonna have to adapt and 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 uh, get get sleeping bags or something. Um, and thank you to the studio guys for for being so adaptable. On behalf of Christian Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the thirty first of August, twenty twenty three. Tomorrow is the first of September. Monday is Labor Day. This is it. This is the last weekend. Get out there and absolutely enjoy it. Rank well, be kind to each other, be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.